2: 7.31 on New Country YCD, and we wanted to say good morning to Governor Whitmer. Good morning, Governor. Good morning. Glad to be with you. Uh, we've had uh, about 30,000 people respond to the <laughs> questions that uh, we put out there, and if people want to ask you questions or they have something that's on their mind, uh, of course, so many people uh, with you know, anger, I guess, and they're upset and things like that with everything going on, which is absolutely understandable. But uh, we know that, you know, you're saying that you're going based off science. And uh, I guess let's get right to the questions this morning.
1: Okay, well, I I will ask the first one. And, you know, Governor, thank you so much for being on with us this morning. You had a uh, press conference yesterday and made this announcement about free tuition for essential workers. And Carrie uh, from Detroit, she wrote in and said that she is a security officer and has been working, uh, you know, all along, has never had a day off since uh, since all this began. And she wanted to know, um, with that great program that you announced, who would actually qualify for that and how does it work?
0: So we are, I think, the first in the nation to do something like this. It is going to be emblematic uh, of, I think, our commitment and gratitude to people who have put their own lives at risk to take care of the rest of us. And so we modeled it after the GI Bill that was um, created after World War II. People who served our country, who made incredible sacrifices for all of us wanted to be um, the country said we're going to support them now that they've helped us get through this and, and so that they can make a better life for themselves and and the rest of their lives. And so this um, is about futures for frontliners. These are for people who have been showing up and putting themselves in dangers, the nurses and the doctors and the um, grocery store clerks and the sanitation workers and the childcare care. Uh, workers and so this really is a a span of people that have been doing what they do right they serve the public they protect us they keep us safe they attend to us when we are ill um, and and they've done it at their at the you know potential expense of their own health and and we want to thank them and this is a way that we can also boost the number of people that have advanced skills in michigan and i think that's um, a goal that benefits every single person in our state. So this uh, person who's asked the question, I think that um, it, it sounds as though that they would be eligible for it. And I think hopefully that they'll, once we get past this crisis, be able to make use of it.
2: Governor, right, thank you. A lot of people uh, weighing in saying, when am I going to be able to get a haircut again?
0: Yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> trust me, I'm in the same boat. I'm contemplating like giving cheers to my 18 year old, and I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not.
2: Um, I would probably hold off on that a little
0: bit.
1: <laughs> I know. I haven't seen my husband's hair this long since college. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll admit, she's already colored it once. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, I think that, you know, the, the nature of work is what we have to really assess as we are re engaging sectors of our economy. We're asking questions to make sure that we're you know, that we are able to rate a particular sector for the level of risk that it poses. So we're asking questions like, is the work performed inside or outside? If it's outside, it's, it's lower risk. If it's inside, then we have to ask questions. How densely are people um, doing this work? Are, are they touching one another? Are they touching the general public? And for these kinds of questions, you can see that any service that is a person providing the service in an enclosed space that is actually touching a member of the general public has carries with it a little higher risk. And that's why protocols to bring that risk down are really important, like wearing masks and having sanitate, you know sanitizing protocols in place, that once they get out of the chair, the chair is wiped down, that if tools are shared between people who are cutting hair, that uh, we get, you know, duplicative tools so that we mitigate how many people are touching the same surfaces. These are all really um, important uh, things that we have to promulgate in order to reengage safely. And so as we have started to reengage and we are going to reengage construction, which is further apart, and we've got the protocol to keep people safe. We're going to keep turning the dial so long as we don't see COVID-19 spiking anywhere. We're going to keep turning the dial and taking the next step. But we've got to have those protocols in place. And so we are working with people in industry to make sure that uh, their ideas are are driving the protocols. They're asking for us to do this because what we've seen in Georgia, for instance, is they've said, go ahead and start start going back to work in, in this particular industry. And people aren't showing up because they're afraid. They're afraid because they don't have the right protocols. And so people who are owning businesses aren't even opening because they're concerned as well. And that's why it's really important we get this right. Because when we take this step, we got to make sure that we're confident people can be safe doing it and that the public can feel safe reengaging in it, too.
1: You know, you're right. It's funny. My daughter lives in Atlanta and she said, nobody needs her hair or nails done more than my daughter right now. And she's like, mom, I'm scared because these places are opening up. And I said, my advice to her was just because they're open doesn't mean you have to go. You know, so she's 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 not going just like you said. And along those lines, uh, we have a question. Jessica from Lincoln Park wanted to know, Governor, Um, she said, when will non-COVID medical care resume? She said that she actually had a surgery that was canceled and would love to know when she will be able to uh, reschedule uh, non-COVID medical procedures and dental optometry, stuff like that.
0: So um, non-emergency medical uh, is able to get started and hospitals are working to start. Um, getting back into uh those procedures you so know there are it's interesting i People in the legislature tend to say, oh, non-essential. Well, there's no such thing as elective, right? I mean, elective is truly like a cosmetic, but there are a lot of things that are not simply elective. There's time-sensitive, non-urgent surgeries, like getting the hip replaced. There's time-sensitive, urgent, uh, like an oncology surgery. And there's emergent, when you get in a car accident and you've got to get your femur put back into your leg. You know, these are all procedures that hospitals are starting to re-engage with, I think everyone pulled back because early on before the stay home, stay safe order, the trajectory we were on with COVID-19 was going to overwhelm all hospitals in our state. That's the good news of the story here is that the people of Michigan did the right thing. You know, an order doesn't fix the problem. It's how people react to that order that does. And by and large, people have stayed home and we have seen our numbers drop. And that's why now hospitals can start to engage in those types of of surgeries, and and they are able to do that.
2: Well, we're happy that, like, the TCF Center downtown only has uh, 14 uh, patients in it right now. So, you know, the good news is that the numbers are coming down. Uh, Still a lot of people wanting to know about camping with Memorial Day coming up. Are they going to be able to go out and go to some of the parks and camp, Governor Whitmer?
0: So our state parks have been open, but for the purposes of camping where people are using the facilities, the same facilities. I think that that's a, a, still a, an outstanding question, and we are working. Um, we're working twenty four seven with our epidemiologists and public health experts, as well as you know industry leaders, as we are assessing risk inherent in different activities. And so um, I can't you know give you a, a final answer on that right now, but what I can say is that where we were three weeks ago was so dramatically different than where we are now. The amount of information we've learned, the amount of lives that have been saved because we've pushed that curve down. You know, where we will be three weeks from now could be very different than where we are today. And that's why it's really important that we are consuming all the data, that we are working to understand it and to um, do everything we can as we take the next steps to keep from having a second wave. And that's, that's what drives everything. It's the data and the science um, more than, you know, a desire to reengage. because trust me, I want to start doing all these things as much as anybody. But we just have to be smart about it, because none of us wants to be back in a stay home order in uh, August or September or October. We don't want to do this again. And that's why re-engagement has to be done right.
2: Well, I understand that. That's why I think uh, California is taking a step back now and closing the beaches again. And I'm guessing we don't want to have to take a step back as we're, you know, continuing pretty good progress.
0: Yeah, taking a step back is one thing, but going into a, you know, coming out completely of a shutdown and then going back into it is another. And as we've seen from other parts of the world that have been through COVID-19 earlier than we have, is that those that just simply dropped all their social distancing requirements had a second wave. And it was more economically damaging, and it was more, I mean, obviously more lives were lost because of it. Those that have slowly reengaged stay able to slowly, you know, stay able to reengage and don't get that same second wave. And that's what we need to avoid. And that's why, you know, as impatient as we all feel, um, it's really important that we do this incrementally so that we don't have to be doing this again.
2: And last question from uh, Jamie Martin wants to know as Hundreds of other people about the Canterbury Drive-In Theater uh, that uh, was closed.
0: Yes, so we got 10 questions yesterday about drive-in theaters, and I don't know what uh, this is. This was the first time that we would got any questions, and 10 came in on in one day. Um, you know, this is something that I think is a, a unique opportunity to look at in terms of re-engagement. Uh, it is one that I has we've not gotten through scoring yet in terms of risk and, and what that timeline might be. But because it's outdoors and because people are in their own vehicles and not in shared spaces, this is one of those things that might be lower risk on the scale and we might be able to re-engage earlier than, than other entertainment venues. And so we are, um, this is on the radar, we are moving forward and Hopefully, by the time it's uh, warm enough to start going to outdoor theaters, we'll <laughs> we'll be able to engage in that. Well, we'll Governor, hopefully... real quick,
1: I know we have to let I know we have to let you go, but I do want to ask because a lot of people ask this question, and I promised I'd ask about that. A lot of people are still having some frustrations getting through to unemployment. Any any uh, hope there? Or what's being done?
0: So we've we've helped over eight hundred thousand people in Michigan, hundreds of thousands. But when over a million people are unemployed, that means there's tens of thousands who still haven't been helped, and it's not—it's cold comfort to them that we've been able to do so much, and and I think better than other states have. So we're, we've quadrupled—I'm sorry—we've quintupled the number of people <laughs> that are in the phones at the UIA in order to assist people who need that one-on-one help to get through the system. Um, we've had a five thousand percent increase in terms of people that are navigating uia and so even a five times the the people on the front line um, tells you that we're going to have some work to do yet we're going to continue to put our nose to the grindstone the important thing is no one's going to get penalized for not getting it through in a timely fashion as used to be the case because i i cut that red tape I also extended the amount of time people are eligible, and so they'll actually get more unemployment right. support. But, you know, it's, it is it is frustrating for those tens of thousands of people, and we're working to make sure everyone gets the unemployment that they're eligible for.
2: Governor, thank, thank you so you. much for your time this morning. We really appreciate it. We know you're a busy lady, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll hear more on your next uh, press conference and an update for everyone.
1: And you stay safe. You thank so. you.
0: Stay safe.
2: This is New Country 99.5 YCD.
1: Pretty good, just didn't get to the questions about the numbers. But she'll be glad that we didn't.